Hello everyone, PJ Thumb here. In the age of COVID-19, family dynamics have understandably come under great stress and shifted. And as a result, we've seen more parents openly talk on social media about their struggles with balancing work, childcare and self-care during this time. But children in particular may respond to this stress differently. On this week's episode of Southeast Asia Dispatches, our editor-in-chief, Aisha Llewellyn, spoke with Louis, a science teacher based in Medan, Indonesia, about how parents can help children cope with the changes brought about by this pandemic. This interview was recorded last month, and so some of the particulars mentioned in this recording might be a little out of date. But it deals with an issue which is only going to increase in importance in the next year as we continue to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. So we're starting today, obviously the topic on everybody's mind is about coronavirus and so we're very lucky today here in Medan that in the studio I have a new narratives legal advisor Ranto Sibarani with me and we also have uh, Mr Louis who's a teacher uh, here in Medan. So hello both of you, thank you for joining us. Thank you also for your invitation. Hello. So we're going to start today, uh, Louis, thank you for joining us. Sure. Um, you've come at a really great time because obviously everybody's talking about coronavirus and I think one of the things that a lot of people are struggling with is as adults it's already really difficult right, to um, handle the way the world has changed in the last few days and it's changing every day. Um, but I think a lot of uh, issues that we have now are around our kids. So as I was telling you before we started, I have um, three kids, one who's eight, one who's seven, and one who's three. And um, how we navigate and talk to them about what's happening in the world today. And so you're a teacher. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what you teach? I'm teaching science, um, grade three classes aging um, seven to eight years old right so seven to eight is still pretty young yes. right to do to be talking about this so Ranto could you start us off with the first question for Mr. Louis please okay Mr. Louis I have two kids as a teacher can you explain to me how the best way to explain about the corona to the kids well, um, you just have to use simple words. So I simply said that coronavirus is just a flu and you just have to be prepared. Uh, and actually there are some precautionary measures to fight against this virus. So you just have to uh, wash your hands and cover your face with a mask and also drink a lot of water. Before we started this, um interview you because we were talking a little bit beforehand you were saying to me that you tell the children stories well actually uh, in my school we have homes um, homeroom time that's 30 minutes every day usually this time uh, we're given a chance to share to our kids some mm -hmm. of the issues that we're confronting nowadays so one is coronavirus so I showed them some pictures like in China Italy about the number of people infected and how we prevent or how to prepare ourselves to combat this virus in simple ways. So uh, two weeks ago, our school actually provided some wash area 
outside the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by the time they arrive at the school, they have to wash their hands. Then after that, we also make sure that there is there is a great adherence of social distancing. And when we we actually have a lift in the school, so we want to make sure that there are only three people inside. And we advise the kids to use the staircase instead. Yeah, social distancing with children is hard, right? Um, What's the best way to keep them apart? Actually, we we play. That's good. We play. There are so many games or creative ways to tell this, you know, this, this issue to the kids through games. So actually, we, for the last two weeks, we avoid classroom interaction so most of the classes are done outside like in the swimming pool in the covered court or in the oval area so most of the time the teacher would just sit down uh, maybe in a bench and then the kids are scattered so let's say five minutes or ten minutes introduction then after which yeah we try to to use their kinesthetics yeah, so that uh, learning takes place or mastery of the lesson takes place. That so, way. for instance, uh, a few days ago, I introduced force. So, I let my students to um, to grab anything, to throw them off like stones, and then to push anything like chairs that you can see outside, trees and others, bowls, mm-hmm. something like that. Is it good to make the kids or to make our children scary about the corona? Actually, there's nothing to be scared about the virus. We just have, because for me, um, it, takes, uh, it starts in the mind. So, in order to avoid, you know, to be, what do you call that? We need to teach the kids positivity. Because yeah. once we start you know, telling them um, issues or bad issues or news, mm-hmm. perhaps they will get scared. And mind, they are very gentle, right? So, the positive effects, you mean, mm-hmm. about coronavirus, actually there are some good things about this because families stick in the house. Mm-hmm. Because here in Indonesia, most mm-hmm. of the parents are too busy. And they just let their kids to study with their course teachers. Mm-hmm. And, well, when I first came here, actually, in Medan, and then I go to the mall, most of the families, you know, when they're eating in the restaurant, most of them are, you know, using gadgets. Yeah, it's family. If there are five people in the family, there are also five uh, oh, mobile phones. Yeah. So there's no social interaction anymore. Mm-hmm. And for me, communication is very important to nurture so for me actually there is a positive impact of this virus families get together the father and the mother have time you know telling the stories with the kids playing in the house yeah so it's more like um if we can find anything positive about this it's that maybe this is a good time to spend quality time with your children mm-hmm. uh, even though it may be enforced if you have yeah. to stay at home it's still a good opportunity to do more things with your kids than you do 
uh, usually, and I'm sure you're a lawyer and I'm a journalist, so we would understand that, yeah, we, you know, we're very busy and this is maybe a chance to slow down and spend time um, with our kids. So you're a science teacher. Is there anything you can tell us that people can be doing um, across Southeast Asia with their kids, with what we have available that would be easy to do, some kinds of science-based uh, learning that we can do? Actually, our school introduced a home-based learning. So it's actually our first time to make some online lessons. So uh, teachers are required to make some you know, short lessons like maximum two minutes introductory lesson and then we also give some worksheets lots of worksheets to the kids worksheets that are easy and very practical that there's no need to have a supervision from you know guardians or tuition teachers so does that mean parents should be looking for videos and things like that for their children to watch because there's probably a lot of that online right yeah, so that's a good thing that they can do while they're at home. What else would you recommend that parents do with their children? You were talking to me about painting earlier, and what was interesting about what you were saying was that painting can have different benefits, right? Yes. Well, I'm a creative person, and you cannot put me in one box. So <laughs> actually, recently, I started painting canvas, and I actually shared it to the parents and to my students, and I asked them to buy some canvas and some acrylic painting and so far there are a quite number of parents really get into it. Well actually painting it's one way to to distress yourself or any form of creative stuff. So myself painting perhaps others are good in say guitar playing or the read books or write stories yeah, so it's a good chance for us to um, also de-stress ourselves at the same time so that we're not too panicked about what's happening, that um, it's affecting our kids. Mr. Louis, can you tell us what science can we learn with the kids, you know, is easier? Just something fun like an exploding, an erupting volcano or something we can do? Actually, there are so many lessons that you can upload in YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I myself, I don't really, um, I don't really stick to what I see in YouTube. I create my own. Mm -hmm. So simple stuff, like for instance, I introduce force. Mm -hmm. So parents can actually teach their kids by what is force. It could be pull or push. Mm -hmm. So push the chair or pull something in your drawer. In my school, science is their favorite subject. Okay. All of my kids, science is their favorite subject. So for instance, uh, carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide, okay. So you can actually mix uh, baking soda and vinegar. Mm -hmm. And then you put that in the, you know, in a tube, like plastic. Okay. So first, you need to, you need to put the baking soda. Mm -hmm. And then you need to put the vinegar into the plastic. Okay, plastic and tube. then you add the baking soda inside the balloon. Mm -hmm. And so... Yes, and then after that, you drop the baking soda, and then the balloon will just blow. Yeah. Okay, so maybe we can look that one up on YouTube. It's probably lots of explanations yeah, on there of things um, that we could do. Mm -hmm. um, are there also other things that we can teach our kids? I don't know if you do this at the school about, is this maybe a nice time 
to teach the kids like what we can do to help others like maybe we can I don't know like you know like get donations and take them somewhere I don't know if that's something you've been doing as well at the school or that you would teach the kids about like how we can advocate for others at this time yeah actually um our students no actually our parents suggested uh, to donate some hand sanitizer mm-hmm. and also uh, uh, soap mm-hmm. to be distributed to the communities here mm-hmm. in Medan. But we didn't say at the beginning, but you're actually originally from the Philippines, yeah. is that right? Do you think there's a difference between the response in the Philippines and the response here? I mean, I know you're not in the Philippines, but I guess you have family over there. It's very different. Actually, the entire country is under lockdown now. My, my, my families are stuck in the house just to make sure that the virus is contained. So I like here in, in Indonesia, there's no lockdown actually, so there's so much freedom amongst ourselves. So I'm actually a bit careful now, especially going outside like malls, even, you know, even here. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, we we sanitized the studio before we started, I have to say to all our listeners. Do you think it's a good thing uh, that the Philippines is locked down rather than We must learn uh, how China uh, fought this virus. So at the beginning of the epidemic there, they locked down Wuhan for a month, right? Yeah. So our president actually followed the suit. So I think Indonesians must also, well, I don't know if they have uh, ways to follow this kind of approach. Yeah, but certainly schools in Indonesia are closed, your school's closed, my kids are off school for two weeks, um, so at least the kids will be inside. Sometimes the kids, the children, it's more realized about the coronavirus. They remind us as a parents, cross your hand first because you're from our side and maybe you bring the coronavirus from outside. So they remind us about it, that one things. And the, the other things, this situation, the positive things is make the our children have enough time for playing because that's for their age, right? So they don't need, they don't, they don't have to learn so many things, theoretical things like that, right? Because their age, the children must be, have enough time for playing games. Yeah, I would certainly have been delighted if I was 13 years old and I was told that my school was closed for two weeks so that I could stay at home and, uh, yeah, enjoy myself. So, yeah, let's look at that as a positive. Uh, I know we've all said we're all parents here. So, um, yeah, I really appreciate being able to talk to you about that. Um, I think that's it for this podcast. That was really sure. great. Thank you so yes. much. And I really appreciate the um, yeah the positivity that can come out of this that yeah often across the world but also in southeast asia we have limited time with our children um for lots of reasons and maybe this is a time to come together as a family sure yeah like you said so thank you once again to louis for coming and to our legal advisor ranto thank you very much thank you our thanks to louis for joining us on this week's episode of southeast asia dispatches Next week, be sure to tune in to New Narratives Political Agenda, our fortnightly podcast series on current affairs in Singapore, and check out our website at newnarrative.com for more stories from Southeast Asia. If you enjoy what we're doing, please do support our work by becoming a member of New Narrative at newnarrative.com slash join. Memberships start at just 52 US dollars a year. That's just one US dollar a week. 
Or if you don't want to join at this point in time, that's fine. You can just donate to New Narrative at newnarrative.com slash donate. We could really use your help. We're trying to raise 75,000 US dollars by the end of June to survive. So I'd really appreciate it if you could help us out. This is PJ Thumb wishing all our listeners a great week ahead. Jumpa lagi.